You've taken what's so dark from bodies, torn apart the fields, a work of art for us, a new star. But I'm thinking lately that maybe you can't save me. Is this another spiral? Maybe. A fun one, I hope. Tell me now, why can't I save you? You have to take care of the fields and all this gory horde. Of course the moles will never grow bored having you as their overlord. Ah, it is a fun one. I love when you lose your gourd. First, you know Wolfram is a horde. Second, here we accept we live life in the salt-born land torn, and my people, they like me. Sabrina will like me too. Sabrina will be comfortable. I will be comfortable. You will be comfortable. An unfairly awarded epithet. Are you asking if I have no regret? Nothing is perfect. We take what we can get. I don't get how you don't see what's yours to take. Opportunities are made, but here we lay. Once we make a move and Sabrina is here, Wolfram will not stay in place. It will be a race we can't afford to lose. No one can afford to lose against him. No one but you even has the opportunity to choose. You have a conduit. Why don't you use it? Frida, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Now show me these seeds of yours. I want them to be grown by the time Sabrina gets here. Wake up to the job at the bell. No sweat, now feeling swell. Gee golly, it's a beautiful day. You're gonna burn my troubles away. I'm going. So who has a name for this cat? I was asked, and I could only come up with obscure mythological names, which were not appreciated. Well, I mean, what about like a nice old lady name, like a like a Ruth? Oh, like a or Gladys. Ethel. A Gladys. Gladys. Yeah. Gloria. Yeah. Mister 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 or Mrs. Whiskers always goes down well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you like add an Esquire at the end. Yeah. Mister Pickles, yeah. Esquire. Yeah. Baroness Whiskers. Yeah. No, I had a, I had one of my hedgehogs was uh, Karina, the Duchess of Butterscotch. Oh, that's that's good. Cause she was very. She was the color of butterscotch, and she already came with the name, and I had to squish them together. <laughs> and she was a diva, so she was a duchess. How about Derek? Yes, I love a human name. I just like a human name on an animal. Call the, just call the cat Austin. <laughs> Yeah, Austin Jr. Oh my god, it's your child now. <laughs> I don't think that's how that's going. It's your gone. son or daughter. <laughs> Love them. You can't let you can't let your child run on the street. I wonder if anyone's ever named any of their pets after something from our show. I know people have gotten like dice funk ta- uh, tattoos and they've done dice funk cosplay, but I need someone to name their actual human baby one of our character names before I die. 
Yeah, someone named her cat Lenora. Do that thing. We get a house full of cats and name everyone after one of our characters. Name every different cat, like, or each each group of cats will have like their own like sanctuary. This is like the the, the season four group of cats. Are you a Dice Funk listener who runs a cat sanctuary and has to like name cats as they come in? Just name them all after Dice Funk characters. No one's gonna notice. I think we're redecorating the enrichment areas. Maybe make it Dice Funk themed. Name your human son Blood Maw. Do it! <laughs> Name your human son Blood Maw! That's amazing! What if you named your dog my human son Blood Maw? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so last at this adventure, the party was doing a very cool thing, which is basically going to be a protracted power fantasy in the vein of Wolfenstein where we just get to righteously inflict violence on bad people and not feel complicated about it. If this is basically going to be the Wolfenstein games, can I ask you to turn the difficulty down to easy mode to really ramp up the power fantasy? Because I just want to have no nothing stand in my way. Yeah, the first Wolfenstein had a good balance. I think the sequel fucked up a little bit, huh? Yeah, it shouldn't be difficult to fight Nazis. Now, that's the game that, uh, of course, talks down to you and doesn't have an easy mode. It has a daddy can I play now mode, I believe, where your character has a little baby bonnet and a pacifier. Oh, yeah, that's bullshit and shouldn't be a thing. You shouldn't shame people for picking easy mode. But also, I mean, I don't care if they try and shame me. I'm going to play out in easy mode because it's really it's real fun to just not have to worry sometimes when you're fighting Nazis. The baby bonnet is supposed to be like a... It's a def- uh, fuck, I can't remember the word. Determined. But like in Animal Crossing, I literally like bought a baby bonnet today at the store. Yeah, they're cute. Because like, yeah, they're cute. Fuck off. <laughs> Joke's on you, Bethesda. That's someone's kink. <laughs> no, Austin, you ruined it. Uh, but no, we ended the last episode with the party getting in the skiff and going to the iron mine to liberate the slaves there. Uh, interestingly, the last thing that happened was we rolled and there was a crit and a botch along with the team's general success. So I'm going to have to set up a lot of things here before we get to the, uh, the righteous violence. Dinosaurs? What about dinosaurs? What? Hey, are you going to have to set up dinosaurs? That's season 10. Put it down on the notes, everyone. Put it on the, put it on the fan wikis. Get it there. Season 10, dinosaurs. Okay, so there's two skiffs, the Thriller Bark and the Romance Dawn. The uh, main NPCs are in the Thriller Bark, and the player characters are in the Romance Dawn. That's the first thing to know. The second thing to know is that we're not actually going to the mine, because we're attacking at night. Uh, so everyone's asleep in their quarters, which are just outside the mine. Um, this, as an American from the South, we've, I've gone on a lot of field trips to like plantations where slaves used to be. So I've seen all these buildings. Oddly enough, I think there was a large section devoted to that in the Civil War Museum, which was right next to my high school. Uh, yeah, I'm like, pretty sure I've been to museums uh, here in Florida. I have no experience with them other than looking at America and going, it's really weird that people book to have weddings at plantations. I don't well, understand yes, that being a thing. So that weird. shouldn't be a thing. That's my only knowledge. How are they so uh, lacking in any kind of awareness? 
It's extremely weird, but that's kind of where you're going. So it's it's under cover of night. There are all these almost like wooden cabins with all the mole slaves in them, row after row, very uh, geometrically laid out. Uh, the important thing you see from a distance is there are two guard towers, and at the top of these guard towers, there are guards with long bows who would be a big, big problem in this assault because they have the high ground, insert prequels meme joke, uh, and also... <laughs> Uh, if you try to climb the ladder to fight them, they'll just shoot you through the skull during the long climb. So these people are a big problem. Um, but because you crit, uh, you're actually going to take care of them. I'm going to describe that in just a moment. We also have to keep in mind that you botched, so something bad's going to happen immediately after. Um, cool. But what if it didn't happen immediately after? Indeed, I'll I'll add my vote, vote in. I think we outnumber Austin now. It's a mutiny! <laughs> And you're approaching under under these stars and these these tall lookout towers with the long bowmen. Uh, the thriller bark is a very heavily armored, uh, really nice skiff, and it goes through the support column of the guard tower at full speed as Young rams it and just shatters the the the, the bottom of the tower, which tips over and kills the long bowmen immediately, uh, just t- taking out this this guard. Break a leg. Break a leg is the last thing that the longbowman hears before their feet... (laughs) We break his legs! Yeah, um, as they die. The Romance Dawn hits the support beam of its guard tower, which also shatters, also sending that longbowman to his death as the tower tips over. But because there was a botch, uh, the Romance Dawn, which is much lighter... It careens off the support beam and begins barrel rolling across the salt flats, throwing all the party members overboard. Everyone, dexterity saving throw as you are ejected from the vehicle. But I don't want to be ejected. Then get a good roll. 17. Nine. Seven. Wait, did mine go twice? Yeah. Mine went twice Uh, by accident. Apparently the command... Forward slash roll d20 doesn't... It's an invalid command. It doesn't exist. Why don't you just use the dice roller in the UI? Because I've never used the dice roller in... Oh, I'm trying... It's because I'm trying to roll the d20 in Skype rather than roll 20. Jesus. (laughs) Lauren, looks like you got a 9. Yeah, I just saw that. I mean to do it twice, but I'll take that 9. I got a 14. Uh, so Vindross is the only one who succeeds, which is very interesting oh. because she has those Thrycreen legs, of course. So I imagine, yeah. I mean, you can add some flavor to this, that you just leap like a, a cricket, just like a grasshopper from the the rolling vehicle. Exactly. And I've got multiple additional limbs, which makes it easier to sort of steady my fall as I come to a bit of a tumble. Everyone else takes only two damage. Wow, a very lucky roll. So not that bad of a botch, all things considered. The Romance Dawn rolls over and over and over and comes to a rest next to a cabin. Uh, And now the four party members are in combat as the guards begin waking up, uh, putting on their armor, grabbing their weapons, and they're kind of come out to fight you. So this is uh, now combat. Everyone roll initiative. Cool. Oh, no, I have to to make choices. Oh, no. (laughs) So I was looking for an icon for the slavers, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't controversial, whatever choice I made. So I made, I think I made a smart choice. I picked something that no one can disagree with, represents slavery. Uh-huh. Um, we all are on the same page that this is a symbol of evil. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, yep. I see so many of them here. No one could possibly disagree with this thing I've picked. 
Yeah. Nope, you have totally chosen a completely non-controversial symbol of oppression. And what, well done, listener, Austin. whatever you're picturing, y- yeah, that's it, sure. <laughs> yes, whatever you're picturing, it is the Confederate battle flag. <laughs> um, all right, so now let's fuck these slavers up, because these are almost all human and dwarf slavers who come out. These are not uh, cool people. These are not people who are particularly impressive in combat. They're just like the middle-aged kind of guys who, who in our world run like used car dealerships and you are just like mean to service workers and waiters. They're just fucking random assholes. Uh, and they're now going to try to kill you. So it's up to you what to do. Okay. So, um, you know, I like to shoot arrows. You don't even have any arrows. Oh, I don't. I like to shoot quills. Do I have quills? Of course you do. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and these guys are humanoids, I'm assuming. Yep, humans and dwarves. Humans and dwarves, so that's fun. Uh, so I'm going to roll two attacks, because I'm going to do um, a me, and then a second one. And then I wanted to use Sandra to uh, cast Hunter's Mark on the one that I've already shot at for my for my bonus action okay so there's one enemy the enemy is slavers it's a collective enemy like in the monster manual swarm of bats okay or swarm of rats or swarm of cats all this kind of enemy so you can assholes we don't have to feel bad about killing uh you can hunters mark the whole group essentially uh and then attack it cool all right so um i did that and i rolled two attacks i got a 16 and a 12 both of those hit. 10, 5, 26. All right, 26 is a lot of damage. Yay, I did it. Uh, yeah, you might be. You might not be surprised that they have 88 health as a collective enemy. That's honestly, that sounds like not as much as I was expecting. Um. All right, Vindros, it's your turn. Uh, Vindros thrives at night, doesn't need to sleep. She's ready for this. Uh, she's going to use a bonus action to summon a spiritual weapon. Let's get that glowing, glowing spiritual version of the axe baloney going, and let's do a big swing, see if we can hit how many people we can hit, hopefully. 18. Does 18 hit? Sure does. Uh, 8 damage. Not a great start, but we're, we're moving, we're going. Yeah, so together, Vindros and Lola, the first two turns, can you paint me a picture of this? So you do, like, dust yourself off, Lola, Vindros, you jumped free of the rolling skiff, and then dwarves and humans begin, like, running out of their cabins, like, pulling their armor on, trying to unsheath their weapons, rub sleep from their eyes. What exactly are you doing here? Uh, Make sure that you uh, incorporate Sandra the Chalks into this. Yes, uh, so (laughs) um, I just start, you know, sniping slavers, right? Um, and what I think, <laughs> please allow me to do this. Uh, but Bradley, the Pangloris, is, is kind of a grappling hook, right? I want to use Bradley to, like, whip out Sandra to peck, like, one of the guards in the face, and that's Hunter's Mark. So Sandra goes flying into somebody's face, pecks them a bunch, and then gets Yoshied back by Bradley, the Pangloris. Uh, while all of this ridiculous is no is going on, <laughs> just let me throw my bird at you. <laughs> uh, Vindros is attempting to like 
trying to trying to be someone like a, a kid pretending to be like a ninja, d- ducking between the shadows, being like, "Oh, I can see t- totally well. I am awake. I am alert. Here we go." Da- dashing from shadow to shadow until it's just okay. Here is a big axe swinging right through the group. Before you know it, suddenly there is an axe in your midst. I like to think we turn and see each other and give each other finger guns because we're both being very cool. I, th- I think if you, if if Lola's doing the finger guns, I think Vindras just does the the subdued nod back like the yeah. Oh, the cowboy nod. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen Bramwell, it's your turn. All right, so Gentleman Bramwell is going to hop upon Preposterous and is going to ride Preposterous into battle so that the moose also charges into this. So I'm going to roll uh, at least three attacks, Yikes. one of which will be Preposterous. Sick. So 14. Hits. And then 26. Hits. And a 10. Does not. And then I'm going to use my extra attack, so I will roll another again. So, uh, 13. Hits. Alright. So, so it's going to be 35 damage. Wow. You doubled, you more than doubled the damage that's been done so far. That's so much damage. That's, that's, that's a lot of damage. 69 damage so far. Nice. Nice. <laughs> And I would like to flavor it that Gentleman Brambo hops on Preposterous and uh, Preposterous does like the crit animation for Paladins and Fire Emblem 7 where like it charges in place for a moment and then just storms through and they just they rip through people because it's an experienced nightman. These are like Nick idiots. So <laughs> I don't know. Tactics and some shit. <laughs> yeah, when you're reading the high fantasy epic novel, some George R. R. Martin shit, and it's like, yeah, he did tactics. What do you want? <laughs> Fuck you. I skip half. The, I skip half the chapter, and I'm like, tactics and shit, and yeah. then then I'm like, and feast and shit, and then the chapter is done, and you're like, wow, this 1700 page book was really easy to read. Corton, it's your turn. All right, so Corton is running straight for the tool storage. Interesting. Ooh. And upon arrival, going to... Well, I, I assume it's locked, so he's going to have to break that open in some way, I would yeah. assume. Yeah, so we're just, yeah, we're yeah. improving here. This is exactly the kind of shit I fucking love. Just tell me what goes on, and I'll tell you what to roll. All right. All right, so... Uh, Corton's going to get to the uh, shed and try to break the lock on the uh, tool shed with his long sword. All right, so that's just an attack. The butt of the sword. Yep. Um, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> eight. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be enough to break the padlock, but that's your action. You still have a bonus action as a bard. Uh, yeah. Anything to do with it? Normally, bards attack with their action and then use uh vicious mockery as a bonus. Yeah, but he doesn't have vicious mockery. Dice funk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Hey, you don't come to us for um for, for being good at the game. You come because you love us. We're great. Mm-hmm. All right, so right now, uh, Cortana is trying to smash the padlock off a tool shed, and it is the slaver's turn. They are going to attack each of you in turn. Lola, hmm. 12. Mm, no. Vindros, 3. <laughs> Losers. Bramwell, nine. <laughs> They're so bad. Conrad crit. Thirteen. Oh. oh. Oh, okay. Well, that still hits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> of all the... Yeah. 
sucks to be That's fucking Corton. It really does. Five damage as one of them slashes you across the back with a short sword. Um, I don't know if they recognize you in the dark. Maybe when you when you turn, it, they go like, huh? And then it's back to Lola. So I like shooting. It's fun. So I'm going to do that again. And uh, um, for my third uh, animal thingy, what I would like to do is shoot one of the arrows at the padlock to help Corton. Ooh, fun. That's fun. So arrow time. Do I have to roll against uh, the door? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Um, okay. It should only be seven for the last one because the door is not a humanoid. Uh, so, uh, 28, 28 not only hits, but I think you perfectly put a quill into the lock on the padlock and somehow pick it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's very cool. I did that. That was my idea. That, that's what I'm meant to do all along. The dice are so in favor of Lola's crossbow shit this season. It feels like you're almost the conduit of crossbow. It's very fun. I I was like, oh no, no, not really a spellcaster. And then I'm just like, pew, 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 killing everybody. (laughs) Um, uh, so then, uh, for my regular attacks, that'd be a 12 and a 20 and that's 17. Ignore that. That's the wrong thing. Oh yeah. Those both hit. Oh, wow. All right. Um, and so I have to roll a bunch of damage again. 18. 18 damage. Wow. So Lola shoots the padlock out and then goes back to shooting slavers. Just an incredible amount of damage. Vindros, you see uh, the padlock explode on the tool shed and the door, um, you know, just slowly creak open as uh, Corton turns to face his attacker. But you have a clear shot to the shed if you want. Sure. I'll, I'll take this ball and run with it. Let's, what's, what do we find in the shed? Conrad, what's in the shed? We didn't discuss this before for the audience. This is just improv we're doing. They're, they're tools. They're, they're picks for mining. It's, it's an iron mine. Uh, the goal is to have these available so that the slaves can join us in fighting the slavers. These oh, are their wonderful. weapons. In, in that case, is it worth uh, Vindros perhaps going to attempt to start rousing some of the, uh, the miners? You're quick, bouncing from one... To another big, would yeah, your big your big jumpy legs. Yeah, v- Vindros is gonna try and head over to uh, start waking up some some miners and telling them, hey, do you want to not do you want to not be here? We we got you got a good chance right now. All right, that's an adv- uh, advantage on your athletics, I believe, because you're gonna use your big powerful jumping legs as a thrycreen. Thirteen and fourteen is fourteen sufficient? Yeah, a uh, fourteen. Also, you're telepathic, so you can just be broadcasting to everyone, just like. Weapons in the shed, weapons in the shed, or however you want to flavor that. Weapons in the shed and some very strong people kicking ass outside. Now's a good time to help out. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, Bramwell, your turn. Uh, the, all the the pe- all the moles here are starting to arm themselves as well, so the tide has turned firmly in your favor. All right, uh, I'm gonna make a bunch of attacks. Uh, Twenty one, uh, twelve, and fifteen. Oh yeah, all those hit. Twenty-nine damage, and I want uh, Bramble to be just riding preposterous through this swath of people, 
and they're sort of untrained and unexperienced, and he's just, I want him to be breaking any kind of formation they have, so they're all just being like pushed out in, in very exposed positions. Yeah, the collective enemy slavers has no more hit points left. So they are defeated, but I don't think fictionally you've killed them all. They're just the the ones that are left are so thoroughly demoralized by having all their friends slaughtered in front of them in the middle of the night. They just start running off like in every direction screaming because they are thoroughly crushed. Um, in the background, of course, the crew of the, the Thriller Bark have also been fighting, uh, but they're taking care of people outside of your uh, immediate area just to keep you to keep them off your back. Um, so you have a moment to regroup here. Does anyone want to do anything? Because this, this isn't over. Just, you have broken the first wave. How y'all, how y'all doing on health? We good? Anybody need to kiss a bumble sloth? Uh, Corton's going to, um, pull Bramwell and, uh, and Vindros in close and, uh, or no, sorry, uh, Bramwell and, um, Lola in close and put his arms around them and uh, cast uh, heroism. What does that do? Uh, you're imbued with bravery. You're immune to fear uh, or imb- immune to fear and you get temporary hit points um, at the start of each turn. Uh, and so you get four bonus hit points at the start of your turn. Hell Yeah. All right. So is, is there some particular flavor you want to get, give this? Because Corton, you usually cast your spells with Glossolalia, but that's kind of part of your fake uh, cult persona. Now that you have the loot and you have gone through some trials and tribulations, are you using that for spellcasting now, or is there something else? No, he's still relying on the Glossolalia, but he's also, you know, just touching those backs, just rubbing those backs, real gentle. Yeah. You're calming like. It's not, you know, creepy. No, I feel much more uh, confident and relaxed now. Wow. Right, because you're incapable of fear under this effect. Exactly. exactly. Wow, I know. I, what's fear? I ain't be afraid of anything ever. All right, as the party uh, gets their heroism on, you hear uh, Staples yell from the Thriller Bark, We got skiffs incoming! I'm excited! They look fun to kill! Uh, can I have... Gentlemen, Bramwell ride out to see these people. Yeah, as the only mounted unit, that it does seem appropriate. You see, there are three skiffs coming. These these people seem to have come from the private uh, manor of the mine owner, which is a little bit away from this camp. So the, the the person in charge of the camp has woken up and has brought their private bodyguards out here. There's three skiffs. There's the big one that the the owner is in, uh, and there's two other ones that are like guarding it. Can I uh, jump into the air off of Preposterous and uh, Superhero punch the ground and use the uh, special ability of the Doomguard Cestus to cast Earthquake? Okay. Wow, this this has really gotten boss. I did not see that coming. Um, Yeah, hold on. Let me think how that would even work. Um, I guess I'm going to make constitution saves for these skiffs, but with disadvantage because logically earthquakes are very bad on moving vehicles. Uh, 10, that's not going to do it. Okay, so here's what happens. There's three skiffs incoming. I was going to give you set up some time here where you can maybe fortify some defenses. You could maybe flip the Romance Dawn back over to try to do some like 
ship to ship combat but bramble just goes out there jumps off of preposterous and punches the ground with his his cestuses these gloves he got from the eon last episode they're made of this heavy black metal they have blades which are glowing with like evil magic that like ripples around them he punches the ground so hard he immediately flips all three vehicles We're very good at fighting. And so slavers go everywhere. And I'm going to say the, the thriller bark is going to is gonna engage most of the minions. The thing you have to worry about is the creature which emerges from the lead skiff. What is it? Oh, it's a monster which will strike fear into the hearts of our heroes. Oh, is it going to be cute? It's a geodude. Is that a geodude? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is an iron elemental. Hmm. It is a big piece of iron, like the size of a human body, but with big eyes on the front. And it has like two humanoid arms, which it uses to crawl across the salt. As See, it, so it's Geodude. Yeah, you say it's an iron iron thing. It's a Geodude. It's Geodude. It's, I mean, it's, listen, it's a cool Geodude. <laughs> it's it's cool. not a regular Geodude. It's a cool Geodude. <laughs> it's not a regular, I'm it's not a, a regular Geodude. I'm a cool oh, Geodude. It's a lowland Geodude when it gets steel typing. <laughs> As it pulls itself out of the wreckage of the skiff, it grabs a pair of giant sunglasses and puts them on because it's a cool geodude. Are they like are they like common sunglasses though? Yeah, they're cool pointed red sunglasses. Um, but that's yeah. that's the first. So uh, he's got to die then, right? Oh wait, spoiler. Can we can we uh, maybe get some water and rust this motherfucker? I was gonna say, we just can we just like erode him with time. <laughs> well, that's up to you. So we're still in the order. Lola, you're up first. Um, right now, the the iron elemental is the main thing you have to fight. I'm just saying the thriller bark are fighting the remaining slavers. So really, there's only one enemy for you to worry about. What do you do? What I'm gonna do is cast spike growth, uh, which is I can do up to 150 feet away. I'm gonna do it uh, like between us and the very cool Geo dude, the VCGD. The very um, cool Geodude. <laughs> the VCJD. <laughs> um, and I'm going to cast Spike Growth. So, because uh, you said the way it was uh, moving itself was by like bouncing like a seal, right? With its little It's a pulling arms. itself across the salt with its two big arms. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, it's um, it, the ground is, looks normal. And if he didn't see me cast it. Has to make a perception check to recognize the area's hazardous terrain. But uh, if he moves into the area, he gets hurt, takes some piercing damage. Well, I guess that probably doesn't do much, but because he's iron. But it's hazardous terrain, which will make it harder for him to get here. All right. So Lola makes the area around the iron elemental spiky. Vindros, it's your turn. Um, My plan for Vindros is to get her to leap up as high as possible just regular vertical leap to try and get as good an aerial view of what's coming as possible to collect information with the intention to then psychically send that out to everyone else and go hey look this is roughly the size of group we've got here's the direction here's how spread out they are here's you know just try and try and give it some form of advantageous position to everyone else yep roll perception to see the battlefield uh, six. Yep, you don't see much. There's uh, some there's some slavers around here, but the crew of the Thriller Bark are fighting fighting them. There's the Iron Elemental, and somewhere in the wreckage of the skiff, there is the owner of the mine, 
But that's all you know. You don't see anything else interesting. It seems like you're in a boss fight against an iron elemental. Okay, in that case, I'm going to go just try and make some ground on that iron elemental with the intention of hitting it real hard with, with my, my special axe. I almost googled how do you fight iron, and so <laughs> that's, that's how smart I am. Uh, Gentleman Bramwell, uh, you are now off preposterous. You're kind of rising out of your cool superhero pose after you punch the ground. The um, the magic on the gloves kind of slowly winds down. It goes like, mm, and like fades out because you cannot let uh, use them again until they recharge next arc. Yep. Uh, all right. So I will use my knight feature, born in the saddle. So mounted a creature only costs five feet of my movement. So I'm going to mount up on top of Preposterous. I'm going to have Preposterous charge into this thing. I'm going to have it attempt to uh, attempt to uh, ram it and knock it prone. Interesting, yeah. I don't know if it's going to work. It's a big thing of metal, but we're going to try it. Uh, so 11, so I think that's a miss. That's a big miss. That's a big miss. He's going to try, though. He's he's hoping, if nothing else, he could distract it. I will uh, I'll put my uh, my mark on it, which... Made me vomit in my mouth a little bit, but I could do it. Why is that for the audience? Uh, so uh, the knight has an ability as well called uh, Im- 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 implacable or implacable, placable, implacable, uh, implacable mark, which basically uh, marks quote unquote a creature. Meaning, if they try to attack someone who's not you, then they would get disadvantaged with it. The reason I almost vomited is because that was a main mechanic in the previous edition of 4E, which uh, gives me war flashbacks every time I think about it. So oh. it's just, it's very scarring, but I'm going to do this for the team. Yeah. In 4th edition, there was a lot of marking and pushing and pulling. There's a lot, a lot of grid-based shenanigans. In 5th edition- Did you remember your bonus? Did you remember the plus two that I was supposed to get? I used my attack that gave you a plus two, so that attack should have hit, shouldn't it? But they were being blinded by the sun, so that's a minus one. So, all right. So, preposterous tries to headbutt the iron elemental, knock it over, and it just stares you right dead in the eye, or at least the moose dead in the eye, and just does not budge an inch. Corton, it's your turn. So, Corton's going to try and stay out of the fray, but with a bonus action, I'm going to give uh, a bardic inspiration die to uh, Lola. Hell yeah! I love stuff. We've been through a whole round of combat, and no one has damaged the Iron Elemental. Uh, so now it is its turn. Um, the immediate threat is going to be, of course, uh, Gentleman Bramwell and Preposterous. So the Iron Ele- Elemental attempts to flatten you with its giant iron fists. The immortal iron fists? 15 and 23. Uh, those will both hit. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Uh, 24 damage, Bramwell. Okie dokie. I'm still up. Yep, it does just an overhand, like, double, what's that called? The double axe handle? Yes. Yeah, like a, like an axe handle. Yeah, it's the rest, like, it basically, like, laces its fingers together, raises them above, above its head, and just tries to chop you down. Um, it hurts like hell. It's basically like being hit by a, a small car is in terms of damage. Um, also, on enemy's turn, uh, the door to the skiff, which has turned over, gets blown off, and uh, someone begins walking out of, like, the smoking wreckage no. that Bramwell caused with his gauntlets. Who is it? Uh, you see a human man uh, walk out. He is uh, dressed in much finer clothing than the rest of the slavers. In fact... Oh, okay. I so would... S- a, a cop. <laughs> Landlord. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm okay. I'm in here. I'm here now. The uh, the the famous evil creatures from D and D: demon, devil, landlord. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't. Uh, this landlord. man is an an all white suit, Ugh. big straw hat. Uh, he's got a cane. <laughs> fucking Colonel Sanders. I mean, knowing Gary Gygax. The tax man probably was in a monster manual at some point. <laughs> yeah, knowing how much Gary Gygax sucks ass. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is a slaver. Colonel Sanders. Uh, I mean, I can't. We can't, <laughs> we can't make this character literally Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I think we'll get sued. I mean, you say we can't. Yeah, well, they've made everybody else Colonel Sanders by now. And really wasted an opportunity having a Super Bowl commercial where all of them were in the same video fighting each other for the true Colonel Sanders. That was just money left on the table. Honestly, I was kind of here for, was it Vincent Carthesia? Is that his name? Pete from Mad Men? He was a pretty good Colonel Sanders. I don't know why. I don't know why either, but this man steps out and you know this. (laughs) What if he know? He's Pete from Mad Men. Peter okay, Pete from Mad Men in a Colonel Sanders outfit. This God. is so esoteric. I hope everyone understands what the fuck we're talking about. Sorry to our listeners and countries Watch with Mad different Men. culture. It's good. Oh, come on. Everyone knows the Colonel. The Colonel's international. Okay. Corton, you recognize this man immediately. Uh, this is Mr. Hendrix, the mine owner. Uh, you fucked his wife, like, a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it like that is very mean, but, like, in a good way. A lot, a lot. Um, he has his cane he uses kind of like to uh, pull himself out of the wreckage of the skiff. And he sees you, your eyes lock, and he just says, You. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is going to be Compelled Duel, a spell he casts on you. With his, his charisma, you need to make a, I believe, a, a wisdom save. You sure it's not charisma? I'm very sure. All right. Well, I, I thought I should check. Uh, 17. <laughs> that saves, it. actually. So uh, the, well, I'm going to read Compel Duel to the audience. You attempt to compel a creature into a duel. One creature that you can see must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to you, compelled by your divine demand. And his wife was compelled by mine, so what the hell? <laughs> hey <Hey-oh>. ah! <laughs> Uh, so now it's back to Lola. Lola, there are now two enemies. There is Mr. Hendrix, the mine owner, and the Iron Elemental. All right, so I'd like to do first, uh, what do I roll to know about Iron Elementals? Nature. Fuck, I knew it. Well, I'm going to do that. I botched. You botched. That's fun. Um, I think you think they're weak to fire. Okay. Hey, everybody, they're weak to fire. That can't be right. <laughs> what a shame I don't have any fire attacks, or I would definitely follow that advice. Uh, yeah, I don't either. We should, we should find some fire. You need to get on that. Uh, and then I'm going to shoot Mr. Hendrix twice. <laughs> okay. Because I, like, I don't know what to do to this iron elemental, but I do know how to shoot a man. Did it go? Okay, so there's a 13 and an 18, and do those hit? Only the 18. All right, well, I'll take it. Uh, so I would like, is he has a hat? You said he has a hat. Yep. I would like to shoot off his hat. Fun. I did five damage. Can I take his hat? 
Yeah, we'll say it's five psychic damage from losing his hat as he has uh, wounded his pride. Yeah, I shoot that through the hat. His pride is wounded, and then he doesn't have a hat anymore also. All right, that was uh, your turn, Lola. Vindros, it's your turn. Uh, am I close enough to start wailing on this iron elemental now? Yep. Yeah, let's get let's get hitting it with, with, with big swings. Come on, let's get some good rolls. Hey, bada, bada, bada. 21, that's probably going to hit. It is. Lovely. Now, is this your spiritual weapon? This is my spiritual weapon. All right, what kind of damage does that do? Um, I need to check what kind of damage that does. Yeah, I feel like the axe and the hammer are like the only things that could actually hurt that guy, right? Force damage. Force damage, okay. On a hit, the, for- the target takes force damage equal to 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Yeah. That's very lucky because that's one of the only things that's going to hurt this guy. Oh, I assumed that force damage wouldn't hurt it. I thought that that was on the bad list. Uh, 14, that is that is, that is is a crit. That is 14 damage. I was going to say, force damage in 5e is kind of like non-specific magical damage as opposed to like the idea, oh. like magic missile is force damage, I believe. Okay, I hear the word force and I assume it's like, you punched it real good. <laughs> yeah, that's bludgeoning damage according uh, to the, the course, game mechanics. Yeah. I mean, you, you do hit metal with yeah. a big hammer, well, in, so I feel yeah. like... Yeah, well in that case, that makes sense. I, I swing my glowing magical... Imitation Axe Baloney for 14 force damage. Nice, yeah. So I, the spiritual weapon's over your physical weapon, and as the magical weapon hits and actually damages the iron, mental, iron elemental, the, the, your real weapon inside of it just kind of dings off uselessly, and I think you realize, like, that's the only thing that's going to hurt this creature that you can do. Hooray, I have something I can do. <laughs> um, gentlemen, Bramwell. Uh, then with that, I think the only thing I can really do is just try to be a, a bit of a shield then. So I'm going to make two attacks against it. Not really trying to hurt it so much, but to uh, keep the mark on it so it, it, it feels compelled to keep attacking me. Yeah, it definitely does. Do you, you want to take the dodge action and make it harder for well, it to hit you? Well, I crit, so I kind of want to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then I I crit twice. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so you crit twice on something that does zero damage. I want to give you something because the the mathematics on this are fucking wild. Uh, Chris, can you paint me a picture of a double crit here that is not damage per se, but something? Let's really get into the mind realm. I. What if you hit him so hard he gets stuck in the ground? No, I mean, Lauren, that's not a bad idea. The ground, right? You're on a salt flat. We know that underneath the layer of salt is stuff. There is stuff out here. Yeah, that's no, the- I was being serious. Smack him into the ground like a little bitch. Can I, uh, basically, I, I want to almost sort of take a shot from him to, like, kind of create an opening where I want Grandma to take the gentleman's greeting and to hammer it. Oh, wait, does, it, does this thing have legs? No. Um, all right, it's a stupid Geo dude. All right, then I wanna, I wanna wait. <laughs> he doesn't even fly. I wanna wait for it to do a punch then, and then I wanna swing the gentleman's greeting down on its elbow to basically hammer its fist into the ground and nail it into the ground. 
You also used your gauntlets on the ground. So the ground is completely covered in like these fissures and cracks. Uh, what I want from you is like specifically, I think there's something underneath the salt that once you break the layer, it can actually be used to do damage here. Like what interesting things could be buried under the salt here? It can be anything. A lawnmower! A semi-truck full of mannequin parts. <laughs> Firework stand. <laughs> I'm very curious on? why that would be helpful, Conrad. Oh, no, you said damage. Local it. honey stand. Come on. If you found a semi-truck full of unassembled mannequin parts underneath a salt flat, wouldn't you be a little damaged by that experience? Yeah, yeah I would be a bit damaged by that experience. No, oh, no, I don't like the kink shame. <laughs> Incense company storage house. I don't know. Uh, I was saying steam, like a big steam vent. I don't know if that would get it hot enough that it would actually do damage, though. Ooh, an onsen! Oh, a hot, hot springs. spring episode! There's an entire hot springs arc this season. You've seen the map. Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if there's a beach underneath there and we'll have the beach episode? <laughs> or what if, uh, what if underneath of it is just a big uh, sinkhole? Oh, I know what it is. I know the answer. Um, a certain character's mother we've been looking for is under the salt flat. Just chilling. So what if what if the Geo dude has to cook for everybody when we're camping, but it turns out to be really gross? That's very funny that you said sinkhole and beach, because I think when you put them together, you get deep hole full of Florida. water. Oh. Florida, very funny. And I think it's if a, an iron mantle is so fucking heavy, if you put it into even a couple feet of water, it sinks to the bottom and will just simply drown. Yeah. Oh, that's mean, but yeah, what else is going to do? I mean, with a double crit, Bramwell can basically declare that to be true if he wants to. Yeah, I rewrite reality. Uh, <laughs> my my stand came out and, and points down and all the gravity hits it and it falls into a hole that I made. And there's a beach, there's water at the bottom and it drowns. And uh, I don't know, like under the sea plays while it's happening. So it's fun for us, but, but bad for him. Is it like a gritty, slowed down version though? No, I want it to die to a song it loves. To just okay. take one last thing from it as it all goes well, to wait, the Well, wait, would its song it loves be like the pokey rap? <laughs> I mean, we all have a lot of songs we love. Mostly works by Phil Collins. <laughs> But it just needs to die to something it wants. <laughs> oh my god, what's wrong with that? It just plays the entirety of Pink Floyd's The Wall while it's down there. <laughs> a little overrated, not no, gonna lie. No, animals! Okay, so basically Vindross and Bramwell are dueling this iron elemental. These are the two heaviest hitters, Bramwell with his giant hammer, Vindross with her spiritual uh, axe. And you, they're wailing on this thing, but it's just that its defenses are simply too much. And then Bramwell does this cool move, hammers its arm through the ground to open up a sinkhole. You see there's all this water down there. And then with your other crit, just bash the ground with your hammer, sending it flying down into the watery depths of the sinkhole where it just drowns. Cool. Badass. And I get four temporary hit points. I successfully hit something once. I, I contributed. Woo. You did. Uh, so right now it is Corton's turn, and there is the only one person left, Mr. Hendricks, with his, his cane and his hat, which has been shot off and pinned to the skiff. No hat now. All right. I'm going to steal that hat later. Well, so you're going to have to lose the temporary hit points because i got to drop the heroism. <clears throat> I'm going to cast Sleep. Mm. So Corton's going to pull the loot out and start playing it. Go to sleep, Hendrix man. 
Like you did all those nights when I would visit your wife's chambers and make her feel alive again. (sighs) This poor man, his soul. (laughs) Uh, 34. Oh, that's so close, but actually not enough. So oh, here, no. the way sleep works is it targets the creatures with the lowest health and there are these slavers around. So the way I'm flavoring this is uh, right now, Staples, Zer, Weaver and Young are fighting slavers in the background. And then suddenly all those people just keel over all around you, just like dominoes collapse. And now uh, Mr. Hendricks looks around. It's just him versus Zer, Weaver, Staples, Young, Gentleman Bramwell, Corton, Vindros, and Lola. And he just uh, kind of, uh, you know, wipes his brow with a with his handkerchief. He has like a, a really a gaudy handkerchief in his pocket. He just like dabs his brow and just says, well, what do you say we settle this mano y mano for old time's sake? And he draws like his, he, he pulls up on his cane, revealing it's a sword cane. I knew it! <laughs> and he just kind of uh, holds it out in like a fencer's pose. He wants to duel you personally, Corton, for his wife's honor. I don't want to shoot him in the nose. His wife has no honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so this is this is pure role play. So if you want to say that, and then Lola shoots him in the head, that can, that's a perfectly <laughs> legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah. Want was... me to shoot him? Oh, yeah. Feel free. I, I mean. As far as I'm concerned, the slaves could tear him limb from limb. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, wait, hang. Sorry, one one question. How's your boy? Uh, okay, yeah. So Lola goes to shoot him in the head, and you say, "Hold on, hold on." One question. How's your boy? And he says, "Thank the God King, he lived." Some funny ideas, though. Too much time around you. Didn't care much for his duties anymore. Set off to try to be an artist or something. Damned fool. Oh, well, so there is a happy ending. All right, now you can shoot him. I rolled a 28 and an 18. I mean, you blow his head clean off unless you want to do something particularly uh, fancy, Lola. No, this is, uh, can I blow up everything but his nose? <laughs> and then Con- and then Corton could have his nose. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> he doesn't have one. Maybe he'd like it later. <laughs> There's magic. You get a nose it's attachment. Just, it's like, it's like a, one of those machine gun things, but quills just <laughs> around <laughs> yeah, the, nose, the nose. And the whole rest of the skull explodes out. It just lands perfectly in your hands. Just the nose. So when he sees he's outnumbered eight to one, he tries to challenge you to an honorable duel. You learned that his son you saved uh, has basically had a distaste for slavery because of his experience with you and left the family to try to become an artist. Uh, and then Lola just riddles him with quills uh, and he dies. Sucks to suck. <sighs> now, you just got to get all these uh, former slaves on this boat. Yeah, t- time for a dramatic speech or something, rousing them all to, to your cause. No. I think if they want to come, they'll come. A bold choice. Let's cut to Sabrina. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta add two of those. Uh, so, Chris, last episode, you, under Amy's nose, freed her prisoner. 
uh, Lima Day, the Eon, and took her back to the Aethar camp where an army is gathering to attack the Gorefields. Very, very ballsy move. Uh, the way you say it makes it sound like that was something I shouldn't have done. I th- I think it's a fascinating choice, and I love it. Okay. But it's an easy choice, right? Like, there's no real <laughs> consequences to it, right? That's how Dice Funk works. There's okay, no consequences cool. to any decisions. Cool. I dig it. <laughs> uh, so as Sabrina follows Lima back to the Aethar camp, you kind of co- uh, come over a salt ridge, and you see uh, in the darkness here, in a kind of a, a lower lands, there's a bunch of skiffs hidden because Admiral Day the leader of the Aethar forces is, I mean, they're an admiral not a general. Like their specialty is in mounted combat is in vehicles. So they have all these different skiffs. Um, and you see like basically a fleet of skiffs, uh, mostly, uh, crewed by big frog people and big robot people, which are the two main, um, kind of people who are in the Aethar. Their, um, their leader, is going to be uh, very shocking to you. I'm going to put a picture in the Rule 20, and we can kind of talk about what it looks like. What does it look like? That's, oh. That's... That's just a cape with the universe inside it. See, this amuses me because uh, there's a manga I read called A Gravity Boys where there is a character who looks exactly like this who solely shows up to fuck with people. Like, it's a comedy series, and that's all they do is they show up to just create mean situations because they find it amusing to screw with humans. So I'm distrustful of this character already. This, what, what I'm looking at is just, what if the infiniteness of the cosmos decided to wear a snazzy jacket? Like a snazzy hooded cape? I assume this is like a Marvel representation of a higher being or something like that. Yeah, so this picture is from Pathfinder. It's an Eon, the same species as Lima, uh, but a different kind of Eon, specifically a Pleroma, which is uh, a, a term from Gnosticism. I don't have to explain it. Not relevant to the plot, but it's a human shape. But you want to. I could hear it in your voice. Yeah, you why would you even say it if you didn't want to bring it up? Oh, you know I want to talk about it, but we'll be here for 20 minutes because I had to explain a lot of other concepts to explain what Pleroma is. But the point is... All right, guys, donate to the Patreon to get that special <laughs> bonus episode where Austin just explains this entire thing's fucking backstory to you for 30 minutes straight. Um, but its body, as Laura said, is kind of made out of the universe. The best way to describe it is if you looked up at the night sky in a really rural place where you could see all the stars and the the, the nebula, the gas clouds of the galaxies, uh, if you just cut a human shape out of the, like, the most brilliant part of the sky, that's it's like it has a physical body. You could reach over and touch this person, but its flesh is made out of uh, like the, the night sky in a way. And you get the feeling if you cut this person, they would bleed some kind of magical fluid or light probably so fluid (laughs) sorry about saying fluid they're very ethereal um but rather than the cloak that they have in this pathfinder art uh they're wearing like an admiral's uniform almost like a sailor uniform wait 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 like blue and white little hat little sailor collar what if they were wearing like a cool sailor moon outfit no like a little like a little daddy's boy outfit or whatever that like a little anything goes like this is admiral day she her pronouns this is lima's mom she run i mean lima runs up and hugs her uh, as the admiral kind of turns to face you sabrina you're 10 years old all around you are six foot tall robots and toads 
Uh, there's a robot toad, and then there's this person made out of space. So you feel pretty overmatched. I would say if you tried to initiate combat, you would explode and die. You say that. This is maybe the coolest thing in the world, just surrounded by robots and cool cosmic and shit. frogs. This is the best day ever. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, if this was anybody else, I might have you roll to uh, resist the effect fear. <laughs> but if you like it, then that's a, that's a legitimate character choice. Yeah. Um, as you approach, uh, you see uh, Lima hug her mother, and the Admiral turns towards you. And the way that Pleroma communicate is essentially by beaming images into your mind. Um, you see like a beautiful uh, field, a grassy field. The sun's just right. The temperature's just right. You see like a cute dog just like sniffing around. Its little face is uh, all happy and his tail is wagging. You see like a home-cooked meal. And even though these images don't mean specific words to you, you get the exact understanding of its message, which is just, Thank you for bringing my daughter back. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I thought, you know, it it's only right for kids to be able to, to be with their mom. Once again, Admiral Day beams images into your mind. You see, like, battle plans. You see armies marching. You see bodies, st- like, strewn across a landscape after a battle. Um, and the, the message that is communicated to you is just simply... What do you think you're doing? What do you hope to accomplish? Uh, I guess I'll open by saying, do you know who I am? Um, you just, you feel the, like a psychic hand in your mind. This is almost like what Vindros did to Lima last episode. Just like she just looks at your thoughts and you can't resist this. Uh, and she just, yes, <laughs> is the answer. She knows exactly who you are. Well, I'm here because I want to work out a deal. We don't have to fight each other. We could be on the same side since we're both after the same person, the God King. At the mention of the God King, uh, Admiral Day holds out a hand and a sword goes like flying across the, the flats out of the darkness and it like slaps into her hand. She catches it and it bursts into grilli- brilliant green flame. Yeah, nobody really likes him. So... We're on the same page about that. <laughs> you get an image of the army uh, attacking the gore fields. You get uh, images of Amy, your sister, and Duke Pendergrass being taken away in chains. And you get an image of uh, the people over, like you see Janasi in the castle throwing your fa- father overboard. Well, so you've got it about half right, but you don't need to do that first part. Uh, I think at this point, Lima turns to you and says, Sorry about this, uh, Sabrina. Arguing with my mother is, historically speaking, not a very fruitful endeavor. I mean, good luck to you, little one. Like, that's a cool, chill thing that you're trying, but, uh, yikes. It would be most beneficial to all of us to form an alliance, some, a group that can work together towards one common goal of taking down the God King. And attacking right now tips your hand too early. Uh, you get images of Duke Pendergrass uh, and all the, the moles working for him. You see people raising statues to him. You see his image in stained glass in a church. You see people bowing to him, doing a genuflection, very Catholic. Um, and you just feel uh, Admiral Day's rising anger at Duke Pendergrass's existence. Yeah, he's smelly and is kind of dumb, but 
he shouldn't die because of it. You see Duke Pendergrass and Amy in chains, specifically. You do not see them being executed. Then what would you do with them? Uh, you see them being put in a dungeon in a, some other country as they are they are whisked away. So why can't you allow someone who has a conduit that uses it for good? Uh, you Okay, so actually I'm going to need you to make a saving throw here as images of atrocities are beamed into your head. Uh, slavery, genocide, torture. Oh, come on. I'm a child. Why would you do that to me? Because you asked. <laughs> uh, so was that a charisma saving throw? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I thought it would be something worse. Um, I got a 12. That's not going to do it. No, I was looking for 15. Uh, I think, Sabrina, you are shaken by uh, Admiral Day showing you all the atrocities committed by conduits over the years. They're very bad. The Aethar basically don't believe there is such a thing as a good god, and if there is, they are completely outweighed by the, the evil ones, or their deeds are, at least. Why don't you want to work with someone who's already on your side? I think Admiral Day uh, beams to you images of the last attempt the Aethar had to overthrow the God King and a bunch of like local people they partnered with and strategies they tried and them being soundly defeated and many people losing their lives. And so essentially the, the message you get is we've tried that. It doesn't work. The only way that this is going to be successful is if we cut off their food and make the people kill Wolfram in his, in his castle. But you'll be hurting the citizens of Wormwood as well. Admiral Day does not try to deny this. They, they simply communicate to you through images of the people suffering now that the suffering will be less. There's going to be bad stuff no matter what. But they've they've thought about she's thought about this and like this is the way of least suffering as far as she's concerned. But you have to recognize there's a better way. We could work together, and you could stay quiet until. The time comes to strike back against the God King and then reveal yourself. Admiral Day shows you two images, specifically in contrast, as if they are a choice. One is you in chains in a prison cell as a bargaining chip to try to force the God King's hand. The other is you in resplendent, badass armor as you lead a military force against the conduits who are threatening other countries after your glorious victory against your father. I'm going to cast Invisibility <laughs> and run. Yeah, Admiral Day casts Counterspell, um, and immediately people are dogpiling you. Uh, can I cast... Hmm. <laughs> I Can I cast Sleep? And try to make it so they fall asleep. Um, yeah, so you can cast sleep, and I'll say you put a bunch of soldiers to sleep, but Admiral Day is absolutely uh, balanced to be a, a boss encounter for the entire party. So, I mean, we're at chunky salsa as far as you being beaten into unconsciousness, <laughs> unconsciousness goes. I want it to be known I go down firing every spell I can, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it's very cool. Sabrina like takes out multiple soldiers. Dinky floating cape, bitch. 
uh, Admiral Day just like, uh, so the way Admiral Day actually knocks you out specifically is they have this flaming green great sword and they just swing it and there's just a wave of force and as it, it blows you back 10 feet and you, as you hit the ground, you, you're knocked unconscious as your, your head bounces off the salt. Oakley dokley. Splitting the party always goes well. Listen. I brought your kid back, you ungrateful skank cannon. (laughs) (laughs) That is my new favorite insult. Skank cannon. All right, back with the crew of the Romance Dawn. Uh, Do we want to roll to fix this skiff? Oh, wait, Vindross has mending. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Laura, paint me paint me a little image of uh Vindross's garage. Oh, do you have denim overalls? Oh, one hundred percent that is an option. And like a little bandana you're wearing is like a little rose the headband. Um I think that the Vindross has definitely got like um a set of overalls with way, way, way too many pockets. Um <laughs> so that like, you know, what one thing can be being tightened while the other set of hands is rooting around being like, now where did where the fuck did I leave that spanner? You have a savory snack in one pocket, a sweet snack in another. Yeah, it's perfect. Um so yeah, just a v- Vindross is is getting to work. I, I recognize the spell mending does not require tools, but still, this is the mental image I have. It's very cute. <laughs> okay, so Corton specifically didn't want to make a rousing speech to get the moles on his side. He wants to let them choose. And I bet plenty of them choose to just take over the iron mine and work it for themselves or try to find other people who will and just like take the owner's house and have a mansion because why wouldn't you? Uh, but there are probably some who do want to fight. Um, do, do any of you do anything to try to recruit or coordinate uh, with this force? Uh, yeah, Corton is going to go out amongst the people and try to have some conversations and convince people that, you know, everybody else can be as liberated as they are right now. You know, freedom means having the choice. And, you know, no one's going to press gang them into any sort of servitude. But someone else might come along and take this back. And it's only if we're all free that that's going to be prevented. While this is going on, um, Vindras is going to take a brief break from uh, fixing this skiff up to start doing some sketching of more of of Corton's wonderful deeds. (laughs) The liberation of the mine and the preaching to the people. 16. My dice rolls are terrible. It's with a plus 8. I was looking for 15, though, so you do succeed, and I would say the bulk of the people here want to see justice and help uh, liberate other moles. So while there are people who stay behind and, you know, do their own thing here, uh, you get a significant... And we'll, you know, work out, you know, reasonable arrangements for them to supply the revolution, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But... What what do I... No no doubt at all. What do I have to roll to try and create some artwork out of this this, mm, spiritual moment of Corton's journey? Yeah, once again, Vendros does not have proficiency with any artistic tools, although I think at some point you should try to do that. Maybe <laughs> like we should roll something. I'd say rule of threes, this is the third time you've done this. Yeah. Why don't we add to your uh, your proficiencies box uh, proficiency with art tools? I, just, uh, I think heck. three times is a narrative, narratively satisfying Wonderful. way to do that. Hell yeah. So, so plus, plus three, I believe, at your level. Uh, 
13. No, 16. Yep, 16's it. Once again, looking for 15 to make something beautiful. So the 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 drawing you did of the white glass demon was good. The drawing you did of Corton and the Gorefields was bad. That's, that's just, that one's just for Vindros now. <laughs> this one is like your tr- first truly great art. Like people will say, like beyond its religious significance, this one actually is. Oh my god! Really is it good her Sistine Chapel. <laughs> oh no, we're looking for twenty for the Sistine Chapel. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Everyone knows he crit on that. <laughs> he really did. Um, but yeah, this is nice. Do you want to describe what you what you create? Yeah, so I th- I think this is sort of like um a a combination of a couple of scenes in one piece of art where you sort of uh, mural them together into one piece, um. And you've got scenes of the orig- the initial f- um, fighting off of the the group of slavers. You've got the destruction of the ground and the uh, iron golem falling through, and then you've got caught on at the end, sort of uh, talking to everyone and being like, "Ah, oh, yes, uh, you're welcome to come with us, but also we will assist you if you want to just take over what once you were forced to be here." And it's just trying to tell this little three-act tableau in a single work of art blending between the three. All right. Add that to your uh, equipment. Uh, Lola and Gentleman Bramwell, anything you do here before we leave? Um, so Lola's not really into large groups of people. Um, so I'm gonna, Lola's going to be taking uh, the initiative to just check up on all the animals. So, like, my babies, my children, make sure they're all good. Animal uh, handling. Animal handling. Yeah, check on the sources. 18! Incredible, yep. So you do great. Uh, why don't you describe what you do, and then we'll see if I can think of a benefit for that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and like check the sources. Like, shoes? Do they have horseshoes? Short shoes? They can if you want. Yeah, I just want to like make sure there's like, oh, this one's a little messed up. Let me pull a stick out of here. Oh, would you like some bloody oats? You know you do. It sounds uh, like uh, what you want to have is advantage on the next vehicle proficiency check as all the animals yes. are fresh and taken care of. Yes, yes. That's good. We need that so badly. Sounds good. Let me put that in my guy. Oh, uh, yeah, and just, you know, dusting off Sandra. She got a lot of pecking in. So Bramwell is going to take an opportunity to talk to the other members of the crew uh, you know, Young, Weaver, Zer, all those individuals, and uh, basically, uh, sort of uh, give like a like a proud feedback over their actions during the fight. You know, as this sort of quartermaster, giving like I really like the the, the use of pincer techniques there, and sir. Good use of the high ground, like really just complimentary of of everybody's abilities and and, and formations and tactics. Yeah, they all are. I mean, so on the episode we did where the NPCs went off on their own, we saw Young become more confident. We saw Staples mellow a little bit. Uh, we saw Weaver throw a lot of things. <laughs> and I think uh, all these characters are, are more coming into their own. Um, it was actually Zur, I think, who killed the Pelican with his knives. So he's uh, better than ever. And I think more confident. Did he ever get that cigarette? <laughs> I don't know if he, if uh, tobacco is a priority here in the post-apocalypse. But I was okay. going to say that Zur is a little bit more uh, chill about his masculinity after having the opportunity to kill a man with knives. So it, uh, Yeah, you know, it's a... Uh, it, it makes you feel a lot better when you just kill a man with knives, I guess. 
I mean, this isn't a lesson we should teach children, but I do think Zura's like comes over to you little and's like, Hey, sorry about being fucking weird before. I feel a lot better now. Pew pew pew. Oh, what changed? I killed a man with knives. Oh hell yeah. That's one of the best ways to kill a man. It's top three for sure. Yeah, knives, uh, quills, slash projectiles. Projectiles are all on their own. Uh, and a third secret method that I haven't decided yet. Oh, you and your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Staple says total body inversion. What does that even mean? You turn them inside out. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, what in 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 infusion? What'd you say? Total body inversion. She's getting closer Total now. She was yelling infusion. that. <laughs> Total this body inversion. Like a, it sounds like some hippie shit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounds like some hippie shit. <laughs> I don't know what kind of crunchy granola thing you got on, do you staples? But I'm okay. Yeah, I think at this point, we, uh, Weaver like exits the tool shed, and there's just a billowing smoke behind him as a bunch of the moles like have hotboxed the <laughs> entire shed. Oh, I want to go in there. <laughs> I want to go in there. Okay. See you in like an hour. Bye. Bye. The animals are not coming with me because it's not good for them. While Lola does that, Young goes over to Bramwell, who's who's complimenting everybody, and says, "Uh, I, I saw that that technique you did where you took out the you took out the towers together. That was good, great thinking. It was excellent thinking, and I appreciate your bravery and bravado when it came to striking when the moment needed to be struck upon." Yeah, I, I was inspired because we were in this warehouse and a bomb went off, and then I drove through a wall. Uh, Staples was really the one. Uh, who who goaded me on, you know? Uh, she was totally covered in gore at the time, and it was very inspiring. Nonsense. No one can force you to do anything. It all, at its core, comes from your heart. Bramo's going to point to what he thinks is, like, where a Thrycrene heart is, and then is clearly unsure of himself, so kind of starts, like, moving his finger around in different directions of the abdomen. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have an open circulatory thing kind of going. It's fine. Thank you for the the Tell thought. about the head. Oh, I think we can keep that to myself. <laughs> um, so everybody's having a great time, actually. Um, if everybody wants to roll hit dice, I don't think people took much damage during that fight. You had a great... Uh, I literally took, like, two damage. Is, this a, is there a short rest involved on the trip back? A short rest is now. Okay, then I'm going to get me some hit points for being who I am. Cool. Nothing touched <laughs> me. I'm good. Uh, the other thing Corton's gonna do is collect um, Hendrix's cane sword as a souvenir. Can I have his hat? I think that's at least a plus one. Can you think of any other abilities we could give it? That was uh, really an oversight of mine that I didn't give us any cool abilities. Um, I think it should get advantage on its first use in combat. I love that. Oh, yeah, because it's a cool. surprise. Sick. Mm -hmm. Corton. I was like, it could be like a disguise-y thing, because you could be like, oh, I'm up a cane. And then you're like, ha-ha, I can walk and I can stab you. But before, you just had generic sword with no backstory. Mm -hmm. This is a much cooler thing for Corton to have. Yep. Uh, so, Corton, as you chest out your new sword cane, uh, someone runs over to you and says, uh, Hey, nose guy, uh, there's a messenger here looking for 
Uh, you folk, apparently. Um. Okay, bring them here. Well, I can't really bring them. They're they're an illusion or some kind of projection. But yeah. Anyway. Oh. Okay. Um. Well, then uh, lead on. I guess. Um. The party is led back, kind of, to where the the ta- the guard towers were brought down, and you see shimmering in the dawn light because the sun is finally coming out, and the the red lights bleeding over the landscape behind this scene, uh, you see a kind of shimmering illusion of Corporal Day. Lima Day. Oh. That's not a good sign. Hello again, it's me. Remember me? I'm Corporal Day. You knocked me out with a big hammer and tied me to a barn, and then you went rooting around in my mind? Good times. I thought you were Private Day. Nope, Private's the lowest rank in the military. I'm a little bit above. Some people say it's nepotism because my mom's the Admiral, but I earned it. I've gone on a bunch of cool missions. Hey, hey, hey. I I hate to tell you, it is 110% nepotism. So then, I take it Sabrina made it back, uh, safely with you to your mother. Lola's gonna hide behind Corton. First of all, I would fight you over the nepotism com- comment, but I'm, I'm a projection right now. Uh, but to your question, yes, I'm back with my mom, she's the one projecting this. I actually don't know this spell, it's a very cool spell. Hey, the, the nepotism thing? The amount your ass got kicked, it's nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm, write that down. You and I have beef now. We'll figure that out later, but I came with to talk about something else. <laughs> and, um, uh, pardon her, what did you want to speak about? Uh, yeah, we have uh, Sabrina the Wolfram, the, the little kid. Uh, well, hostage is a really strong word. Uh, she's our uh, involuntary friend. Prisoner. Yep, let's go with that one. Yep, 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 yep. She's in our camp. Um, our, we've, uh, my mom's in her mind right now, looking around in there. My understanding is that you're at a bit of a crossroads. Apparently, uh, you are going to try a pincer attack and bring your army from one direction while Amy brings her army from the other direction and sandwich us, and there's going to be a big fight, which sounds bad. Two directions, outnumbered. We don't love it. Uh, but we do have Sabrina, so that's good for us. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you have the the... Ten-year-old girl who shanghaied my life for weeks on end and made Yo, me wait, lose my nose. Hold on, hold the phone. What's Shanghai? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing I would love to know about if you have, like, maybe the Wikipedia page pulled up for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you have you have the 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 person who has like, you know. Uh, being a liability, but I'm sure she won't be. T- I'm sure she won't cause problems for you. Yeah, tell me about it. That girl's a problem everywhere she goes. You know what? Frankly, I feel a whole lot safer knowing she's in your camp. Oh, okay. I see. It's like a reverse psychology thing where you make us think you don't want her. That's fine. I mean, we're in her mind. We've seen how many times she's hugged you, Corton. Frankly, you guys, are hu- <laughs> you guys are hugging a lot. It's a very uh, father daughter. It's it's a little uh, on the nose as far as emotional arcs go. But whatever. It's not my job. Yeah. Listen. I can't control how other people feel about me. Have you looked at me? I mean, come on. It's out of my hands. But it doesn't change the fact that you can keep her. Uh, so, are we packing up? Uh, <laughs> please don't talk about your body when my mom is in our minds. That's not great. Oh, uh, for me. What's your mom look like? Oh, you don't like that. You don't want you don't want your mom to hear about all your urges. Oh, I hate this. Okay, I just came to give you this message, which is, I mean, we're not going to kill this kid. That's psychotic. We're the good guys, obviously. But um, <laughs> obviously, obviously. But, obviously, obviously. But she's very valuable. She's the God King's daughter. We're going to keep this prisoner. Um, here's the thing: is that you're probably still going to attack us, which we don't love. And from both sides, we're going to take a lot of casualties. That's it's bad for us. So I guess the deal is, if you bring us Amy, we'll give you back Sabrina. How about 
you give us back Sabrina, and then we don't kick your ass. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I guess we'll see you in a bit then. Yeah. Right? Cool. Uh, yeah, we're moving. The thing is, we wouldn't be walking away if she'd earned that position, but because she only got it through nepotism, what do we care? Hire, hire a messenger that's not your fucking kid. <laughs> Um, I want to say at this point, uh, gen- Gentleman Bramwell, because of your background, which lets you know about the leaders of factions, I would say that you are well aware that Admiral Day is a serious combatant um, and that this boss fight is going to be very difficult. Not that Amy won't be difficult, but the, the choice is clearest to you, which is we are going to have a full-out war culminating in a boss fight against this, this Pleroma uh, Admiral Day, or you can sneak back into camp, take Amy alive, and deliver her in a prisoner exchange. Those are kind of the two ways this shakes out. But I don't imagine that she would take too kindly to us offering her sister in her place. So much as she despises her, I don't imagine she wants that sort of situation to fall someone else. Also, fuck those guys. I just want to kill people for, you know things they might not always be able to control. I don't like them. We should shoot them all in the head. What? (laughs) What? I didn't say anything. I also don't like the idea of giving up who is, for the short term at least, a powerful ally. Yeah, uh, betrayal's never fun. Yeah. And these kind of these kind of prisoner trades never go well, even if we were gonna try and do them, because like it'll always be like, oh, you give it the uh, that person first, and no, oh, no, we're gonna fight anyway. It always devolves into fighting. And it's gonna be a trap. Yeah, it's gonna be a trap. Probably gonna be. Uh... No, I remember a time I was trying to get my pants back from a uh, what uh, a group of uh, ruffians who had taken them, you know, from the hotel room, and you know, uh, it. You, you you hold out the coin purse and and you hold out your hand and you expect that they're gonna drop the pants into your hand when you drop the coin purse, but they don't do it. They just run off with your pants and make you chase them for blocks. Why would they steal your pants? How valuable were the pants? So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, so that it seems like that's it's decided that the finale of the Gorefields arc is going to be an all-out. Uh, battle between the forces of the Aethar who seek to control the land to overthrow God King Wolfram and the forces of Amy Wolfram who you are supporting only insofar as you at- you intend to yeah. betray her later and give control of Wormwood to the oppressed peoples. Yeah, that's about the long and short of it. Well summarized. All right, it's time to roll initiative as the battle is about to begin. Uh, the first thing you see is, on the distant horizon, a column of ash rise up to the sky as Amy signals that her forces are ready to deploy. Uh, your forces send a column of ash in response, not as impressive as hers as an astronauty, but there are, there are people in your group who have magic and people who can start fire, so you do your best. Uh, then everybody mounts up into the available skiffs, the, the, the ones you brought, and the ones that are here at the mines, and all the, the moles who are uh, willing and able to fight uh, jump aboard and get their, their weapons ready uh, to clash in the middle of the salt flats. Um, most of the people involved in this fight are going to be in skiffs. It's going to be uh, basically a, a naval battle on salt instead of water. 
Admiral Day is known for her skillful command of this fleet of skiffs. You see as you approach that all their their armor is painted black and white, almost like in a zebra pattern, uh, symbolizing the forces of law and chaos coming together to defeat the evil gods. Uh, All these armored vessels are uh, bristling with automatic crossbows, much like uh, Lola's, but sized up to vehicle. Uh, proportions and ready to fire on the approaching armies. In the middle of the formation, uh, because she knows she's going to be flanked, she has uh, her vessels on both sides of her most important flagship, the HMS Abraham, where where the Admiral and her daughter, uh, Lima Day, are stationed, as well as the prisoner, Sabrina Wolfram, is being kept. Um... Corton's going to um, uh, give heroism to Gentleman Bramwell. Vindros is going to cast Spirit Guardians and just get some get some cool spirits floating around the skiff. Get a nice protective barrier going. Yeah, read that to the audience. Uh, you call forth spirits to protect you. They flit around you to a distance of 15 feet for the duration. Um... Depending on your alignment, they could be like angelic or fey. They're, they're just spirits. Yeah, any any creature who's affected by this spell who comes into the range of these spirits has their speed halved, and the first time it enters uh, or starts its turn in that circle has to make a wisdom saving throw or take a bunch of radiant damage or necrotic damage, depending on your alignment. Alright, so Corton gives everybody courage. Vindros makes a, a tornado of ghosts around your ship. What's your AC looking like right now, Corton? Uh, 12. Alright, so I'm going to cast Barkskin on Corton. Uh, just to touch a willing creature. And for the duration of the spell, their skin will be barky. Which is not what it says mm, in the book, barky. but you know what I mean. Uh, and their AC cannot be less than 16, regardless of armor. Nice. So you have a strong skin now. I, I got thick, barky skin. So it's barky as hell. All right, and I think as you get closer, you see Sabrina is tied to the mast, very much like Lima was tied to the, the support beam in the barn. It's like a de- deliberate cinematic parallel. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, because the Aethar won the initiative, everyone dexterity saving throw as they blot out the sun with arrows. This is is this what we get um, advantage on? Yes, you get advantage because of your vehicle proficiency. Fifteen. Sixteen. Nineteen. Uh, Seventeen. Everyone succeeds. Uh, one damage rounded down. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So yeah, the romance dawn and thriller bark maneuver easily, or just their armor repels uh, these these missiles. Uh, that's the first thing. It's the Aether have more attacks, but you, the the two groups have to get closer before anything s- serious happens. Uh, it's Lola's turn. As I'm gonna try and to help get a Sabrina released. Oh, you're so far away from Sabrina that's not I'm even gonna far? enter. Yeah. Okay, so I can't shoot her ropes yet. Yeah, dang. this is a huge like Helm's Deep end of the two towers battle scene uh, with three armies clashing. You, it will climax with you getting to Sabrina, but right now. That is not a concern. Um, I'm just gonna shoot. Yep. Things you should. That's all I'm gonna do. Uh, but I'm just gonna do all three shooties. 
13, 19, 16. All those hit. Lola, you just start shooting the people that are I'm on so the... good at shooting. <laughs> You're the master and commander. <laughs> I love it to be both. Uh, da, 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 so that's going to be... Eight, four, eleven, twenty-three. So that's twenty-three damage. Wow, that's very good. Uh, the people return fire on you at the end of your turn. Uh, twenty-two. That's gonna hit. It does hit. Um, six damage as a arrow catches you. Basically, this is like a full Pirates of the Caribbean, just dozens of ships all shooting at each other kind of thing. So there's just a hail of arrows at all time, and you take one. As you as you th- nail three people with quills and they go down, so you do did very well. Hell yeah, Vindros. Hey, uh, Vindros wants to attempt to use the skiff um, and its tornado of ghosts around it proactively. So the intention is to try and get as close as possible to the Aethar in order to trigger them being in the the range of spirit guardians. Hell yeah. So the way that works is when someone enters the radius, they take uh, damage, and so it's radiant damage, 3d8. Uh, they have to make a wisdom save, which I will do now. Uh, 16. Uh, that saves. Uh, they still take half damage, I think? Yeah, they still take half damage. Cool. So the Romance Dawn like gets really close, like pulls up alongside a ship, and there's just this like wave of spirits washes across the deck, and uh, basically... Uh, burns a bunch of people with their radiance it's it's basically holy damage oh my god do we tokyo drift that's what vindras is trying to do <laughs> uh all right uh, 16 yeah um and any any if they don't move out before their their turn starts they take 3d8 again for starting the turn within the ghost circle all right they're gonna shoot you vindras crit Ooh. Ooh. sure Yep. You take oh, 10 damage. I got a one on that dice. Very lucky for you. Yep. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Corton, your turn. All right. So Corton's going to take an opportunity as soon as the uh, boat has sidled up onto uh, this other one to jump over to it. Sick. Uh, holding his cane in the air. Screaming, ah, oh, oh, blessed, blessed, oh, they're mad, they're completely mad over there. <laughs> and then attack. Yep, so advantage because of your deception as you you quickly draw from your sheath and mm-hmm. slice them before they even know what's going on. Mm-hmm, and that's it, that's it, that there. 18. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, 11 damage. All right, so the Aethar forces are almost halfway defeated uh, before we even go around once. It's Gentleman Bramwell's turn, but at the end, they're going to shoot uh, you, Corton, as you cut some people down. That's a six, so that's a miss. Mm-hmm. Your deception is completely successful. Uh, actually, I think the flavor is no one even gets a shot off before you draw your cane and cut them down. Nice. <laughs> Bramwell. I guess I'll try to punch a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sure. That's the energy I want. Boat. Uh, 16. Boat. 
punch. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would, yeah, sure, roll damage. <laughs> <laughs> just just charge a, a skiff with preposterous and tip it over. Mooses are so huge. Uh, seven damage. All right, not very much, but you did some. Anything else in your turn? Nope. All right. Uh, so preposterous tips over a skiff and keeps going, and we're back to the Aethar. Everyone dexterity saving throw as the sky rains arrows. 20! Uh, 10. 10. S- 7. So only Bramwell fails. He takes 5 damage as an arrow hits him, but he does not even uh, get moved in his saddle because he has the knight ability where he's very difficult to unmount. Uh, uh, and so I thought of a really cute way to describe the thing I'm doing, which is just shooting a lot. But I like to think why Lola keeps getting better and better and more efficient is every new animal helps in the process. So now Sandra will like pull the quills out of Stuart, right? And then she'll pass them to Bradley, the Panglorious, because they've got little hands. And so while I'm aiming, Bradley like refills my crossbow. And then Sloth Green is on my back for uh, cure wound smooches if I need them. Um, I'm gonna roll, so that's a 14, a nine, and a 25. And for adorable support. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? 14 and 25 hit. Hell yeah, I love to hit. Um, that's going to be 14 damage. All right, and you get uh, an attack on you. 21, that's going to hit. It sure does. Lola, you take six damage. You get hit with another arrow. Okay. Vindross, it's your turn. I believe Spirit Guardians is concentration. It is concentration. So I need to make a wisdom saving throw as your ghosts move to another boat and begin melting the people on there. Yep, let's let's see how dead they are. 11, that's a failure, so that's the full 3d8 radiant damage. Yeah, let's get that damage rolling. 17 damage. All right, so the, the skiff continues, and any other enemy skiff which gets close enters your cloud of spirits, yeah. and they all are just... I mean, you, you described to me the effect on the flesh of this. Oh, it's... It's like the worst imaginable sunburn. Sunburn turned up to the nth degree. Oh no. There's just some real flesh searing going on. It's just too oh. radiant. It's a bad time to have flesh. Uh, they're going to shoot you. Vindross has a seven. That's pathetic. Yeah, that's that's not even close. They're terrible. It's like it's just a paper spitball bounces off you. Uh, and it's Corton's turn. Oh, Okay. Well, uh, I guess Corton's gonna guide his skiff along that he's commandeered to another skiff and attack the people on that one. All right. Well, I, I was kind of exp- I was kind of hoping this would be over by now. Are we gonna moved on? We, we're uh, doing uh, really good killing today, guys. Yeah, we really are. We really are. Top notch uh, murder. But that's only a ten on that attack. So, uh, nope, that's not gonna do it. Nope. Uh, so you try to ram a skiff with your skiff, and they they dodge out of the way because you're not as talented a pilot as they are. Uh, but you see in the distance, uh, Amy's forces have arrived, and um, I mean, Amy's laying waste to people on her side of the battlefield. You just see columns of ash erupt out of the ground as entire crews are uh, just completely vaporized. Oh, good. The cavalry is here. Gentleman Bramwell, uh, actually, Corton, you're going to take an arrow. Oops, at the 10, that's going to miss. Uh-huh. I accidentally double-clicked. That 22 is nothing. <laughs> Gentleman Bramwell, your turn. Uh, I guess I'll have Preposterous jump onto another ship. 
mm-hmm. and just charge people and just like run up and down the ship, crushing people. Just break. Yep. Just, just dead. Just murder them. <laughs> All right. Uh, fifteen. No, sorry, eighteen. Eighteen hits. And then twenty-three and eleven. I'm looking for fifteen to end this phase of the fight. Uh, twenty-seven. There's a lot of blood on our hands. <laughs> hey, hey, it's not on my hands. It's on my ghost's hands. Ghosts, why would you do that? that? Come on. I mean, it's not, I'm just, I'm not even mad about it. Just wow, look at all that blood that we spilled. All right, let's go do some more now. So as the Romance Dawn finally gets to the lead ship of the Aethar, uh, you see Admiral Day, like, standing on the 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 deck does she, um, have, she doesn't have legs oh uh, yeah she does uh, this this oh. this image is cropped from a pathfinder book fine okay but yeah she's a she's a person made out of the night sky uh but she's wearing the the admiral's uniform and she has a flaming green great sword um and she's ready to, to fight her daughter lima is there uh she is just a robot frog person and sabrina is tied to the mast that's that's the combat situation they see you coming towards them and admiral D- day projects into all of your minds um an image and that is of amy wolfram uh-oh. And you see Amy uh, shaking with rage. Uh, you see ash falling from her hair. You see embers kind of coming off of her skin. And she raises uh, her knife up and she plunges it down into somebody on the ground. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. That seems like normal Amy behavior. Uh, you see Amy take a couple of steps back, uh, like blood dripping off her knife. And you hear the person on the ground in front of her just say with her dying breath, It's okay. You're okay. And Amy just whispers under her breath, I'm I'm sorry, Mom. What in tarnation? 